0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, I'd like to start sharing today out of Psalm 37, verse 4. A very, very powerful verse for the hour that we're living in. It says this in that verse, Trust in the Lord and do good, do what's right. Do what you ought to do. Bless other people, etc. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Don't give up. Stay where God's called you. Be faithful. Hold on. Be where God wants you to be. Trust in that and feed on his faithfulness. Know that right there where you are, God is going to bless you whether you feel like it or not, right? Feed on his faithfulness. Sometimes you can't feed on what's going on where, where you've been called to be and doing what you're supposed to, maybe it looks like you can't feed. Maybe it looks like there's a little stress there or whatever. But you know what? God says, feed on my faithfulness when you're there. Just feed on my faithfulness. So God puts us in places like that sometimes where we're not able to get something out of the situation we're in. We've got to feed off of his faithfulness. Feed off it. Of, and that's such a good thing to learn to feed off of the Lord because it really fulfills us. We're just feeding off of being, you know, getting the out, outward things isn't as fulfilling anyway then he says this and this is the point i really wanted to emphasize he says delight yourself also in the lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart first of all he says delight yourself in the lord that means enjoy the lord you know it's interesting he has to tell us to enjoy the lord you think well if god's enjoyable we just naturally enjoy him no he reveals himself to those who actually go there. So you have to make an effort to enjoy the Lord, to have fun with God, if you want to call it that, to get everything you can out of the relationship, to make him your great treasure. Now, we can look at a marriage, for example, and when people get married, oftentimes at the first, they're so excited about one another, you know, oh, enjoying each other the most. Oh, what can we do to really have the best time together? And they won't—they make each other special. And then later they can forget about that. And they find out actually they're not enjoying each other as much. They're just, they're doing the tasks they need to do to stay together. They're just doing the tasks. You know, it's a, you know, and that kind of thing happens with God too. We come to the Lord, we can be so excited about God. But after a while, we just start doing the tasks. Oh, we make it about a task, right? Oh, we got to go to church. Oh, I got to pray an hour every day. Oh, I got to do this. I got to, you know, it's all about the task and we forget. We're supposed to enjoy God. It's supposed to be fun. And I just want to say, God is going to restore the enjoyment of God back in the house of God. It's going to be fun to serve the Lord again. And not because it's not been able to be in the past, but it's because we've left that somehow. I'm telling you, prayer is going to be fun. You're going to enjoy praying. Going to prayer meetings is going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss it. You don't want to, you're not gonna want to miss church. It's because God's gonna restore the enjoyment of it. You see, because all the things that have pulled away from that, God is dealing with that right now, so that we can go back to the heart of worship and enjoying God and making him our very first and greatest joy. Now, the second thing in that verse I want to emphasize is he says, He will give you the desires of your heart. That is such a powerful. We would almost feel guilty about saying that if God did not tell us those kind of things there. God says, if you serve him and make him your greatest joy, he will give you the desires of your heart. Do You know that you have deep desires of, of your heart, things you want deep down on the inside of you. I believe God has even put those things on the inside of you. I believe many people aren't even in touch with that completely. They're thinking, "Oh, I need to do this because people say that. Oh, my friends are all successful doing that over there. I ought to be like that, you know. Or, or look, those people have that kind of car and da, da 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 da. So maybe I should get one of that. I'll be happy if I get that. You see, but God's giving you desires. God's giving something for you to be something something desire for Him, but even more, I believe, for what you've been called to do and for purpose you know and, and even little things sometimes but anyway god says he will bless you with answering those dreams or or fulfilling the dreams that are deep down on the inside of your heart i think that is an amazing promise that we have that comes from god now as i was thinking about things this week some some things were highlighted to me and i was just sort of blown away and started thinking about some things and you know, I know in this hour God's doing some interesting things. I think that the hyper seeker sensitive thing hasn't pleased the Lord in a lot of dimensions, and He's going to change that. The fear of the Lord's going to come back into the church in a major way, and um, those that have just wanted to always make people, you know, you know, make it, make it, you know, change the gospel to accommodate the way people are living. This God's just not; He's over with that, right? <laughs> but on the other side, I feel like God also wants to show. How, what a good god he is how he likes to bless in fact that's what i want to share with you today is god is a blesser he asks us to be a blessing do you think that god's not a best blesser himself he wants to be a blessing he loves to bless he loves to feel, fulfill hearts desires you see it just pleases him so much to do that and god wants you to know That he is a blesser because he wants you to look to him to get blessed. He doesn't want you just doing on your own, doing on your own. You're, You're looking to yourself to get blessed. You see, I'm not saying he doesn't say work. But the Bible says, according to the man who pleases the Lord, he'll make whatever he puts his hands to prosper. So he brings a blessing into what you do. And he blesses you even beyond what you do. God loves to bless us. And God in this hour is wanting us to look to him to be our blessing. He wants us to look to him to be our blessing. He loves that. He loves for us to look and expect him to bless us in some way. There's so many verses about this. And we're going to go through a whole lot of verses today. I want you to think about them. You can write them down if you want and go back and study them later and think through them, meditate about them because meditate on them because God wants you to recognize he's a blesser. In Matthew 7, 11, Jesus said this, if you being evil, now he's not, he's not acting like he's talking to the worst people in society. He's saying if you in your, in your human nature, Your corrupt human nature know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father, who is in heaven, who's perfect, give good things to those who ask him? Wow, is that not an amazing word? Think about that. Think of the analogy. Think of an earthly father. An earthly father wants to see his children blessed. You don't want them missing out on something they ought to have. In fact, you want to give them things that you've realized will bless them. Uh, things that they can play with, things that they can enjoy, things that will help educate them, that are that, you know, you want to give them things they need, right? And he says, look, if your earthly father has a heart like that do you not recognize that that's a good thing and that your heavenly father is the same way but perfect i mean in comparison they're evil and he's amazing do you not think he wants to bless you you see he does and many times our knowledge of that and our lining up with god opens us up to that blessing when we do things our own way we're running after our own way That is sort of that kind of thing shuts off. If you remember in the desert, Jesus says, I mean, uh, God says, go out and collect manna six days. Do not hold it overnight. But on the sixth day, do hold that overnight and get doubled for that day because on the seventh day, it's going to, you're going to have all you need. Anyway, to make the long story short, guess what? They wanted to get out and go the seventh day and go, go hunting for more too. And it wasn't there. My point is, look how we're always driven in life. We don't like to just trust God to bless us. He said, look, be faithful, work, do what you're supposed to do, but don't stress out about it. And watch, if you do that, I'm going to bring the supernatural extra into your life that comes from resting in me. Do you understand that? The extra that you get that's supernatural comes from resting in God. That's what he was teaching them in the wilderness. That's amazing. Is that I hope you can catch that illustration there you get the extra you see god blesses you every day with manna every day but the extra supernatural you get comes from the rest from the trusting in god you see and god loves to bring that extra supernatural into our lives all right so then there's psalm thirty-four ten. young lions they lack and suffer hunger but those who seek the lord shall lack no good thing. They'll lack nothing good if they seek the Lord. Now, what is seeking the Lord? I'll just nutshell it in two two expressions here. First thing is seeking the Lord is looking for him. It's wanting to know him. It's wanting to discover God. You see, we're seeking the Lord. We're looking for God. And, uh, you know, again, you want to know him. It's a heart that's always wanting to know him. And and it also means you're looking for his will. So all along life, when you're going through your life, you want to know, God, is this your will? God, is that your will? God, would you have me do this? God, would you have me do that? You get into the word and you're going, oh, God, speak to me today. Give me something that I need. That's seeking the Lord. That's seeking the Lord. You want to do right. You want to please him. You want to hear from him god says the person that does that will lack no good thing why because god is a good father he loves to take care of us and he loves to bless us he loves to bless us matthew 6 33 seek first the kingdom of god i believe this is just synonymous with seek god it's it's a different angle of seeing the same thing. It's a different kind of illustration to see the same thing from a different angle, all right? Seek first the kingdom. Seek God first, and all these things shall be added. All these things shall be added. You know, we get so distracted with so many things, so many problems, so many issues with life, with work, with business with, uh, you know, whatever we do, internet, social media. I mean, so many things take up time. And God says, if you'll seek me, seeking God, by the way, does take time. It can't be just a subtle, you know, in the back of my mind kind of thing. We need to give dedicated time to seeking the Lord. And God says, if you'll seek him and make him your greatest joy, watch what happens. These things will follow you. They will follow you. Why will they follow you? Because what the Lord is doing is blessing you. He's pouring things into your life because you have lined up things right. God loves to bless. God loves to provide. Now, I want to just share a few little testimonies. I I mean, I have so many that I could share, right? I'll start with a recent one. And I feel like this, this, after I thought about it, I go, oh, man, this, this was God. This past week, a young man knocked at my door. His parents were like on the sidewalk, sort of, but they had him, you know, and I know them. I've, I've met them through my prayer walks in the neighborhood. So they were there back in the back. And I, so here he comes. He comes up, knocks on the door. And I say, Yes, he's about 23 or so, somewhere I'd guess between 20, 22, 24. He just said, Hey, I, I wanted to thank you for praying for me. That That just meant so much to me. Now, his dad, one time when I was walking in the neighborhood, I was talking to his dad and his dad said, told me something. Oh, my son has this situation. You know, he's got these job opportunities and he's got this and this. And, And I just stopped with his dad and I said, let's pray for him right now. So I prayed for his son. I don't remember everything, but I do remember a few little things about that, that I prayed. And that was that, you know, Evidently, he must have told his son about it. His son was so blessed. But anyway, he comes and he says, I just wanted to thank you for praying for me. You don't know how much that meant to me. I didn't even pray for him personally. I prayed with his dad about him. So he gives me a card. I thought I just told him, I said, you know, this is so nice that you'd think of something like that and want to honor me. And, and that sort of a fat card. And I thought, I bet he's, I bet he's got like a letter in here. He's wanting to tell me what he's going to be doing with his life. And, you know, cause he's got this amazing opportunity and whatnot. And I got in and I opened up the card and it was a stack of, it was money in there. And I'm going, and he wrote a thank you card, told me how much him, me praying meant, meant to him. And he said, he so wanted to honor me or something like that. And to thank me. And I'm going, I'm just, I tell you, I am blown away, not just that he gave me an offering and a blessing, but that he would even do that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm going, it, was, it wasn't like, oh, look, oh, I have some money today. You know, it wasn't that what was really blessed me was that young man having done that. I was going, oh, my, I cannot believe he did this. I can't believe he did that you know, that he wanted to, and I felt hugely honored. In fact, uncomfortably so. I'm going, oh God, I I just, I almost feel bad about this because, you know, he shouldn't have done that. That was such a big thing of him to do. You know, I I remember the story where David one time was thirsty and, you know, some of his men went and they risked their lives to get him a drink of water. And he's looking at this water and he goes, this is not, the biggest, the most precious thing to me right now, you are, I have to pour this out. I, I just can't take this. I can't drink it. He was feeling so bad about it because he's looking at how he'd been honored. And that's how I felt. So the blessing was he gave me money and he's he's such a young guy. I'm going, this was significant for this guy, right? And then I'm going, I hardly did anything. I, I, I mean, I try to pray for people and always do things like that. Here this is, this young man, he wanted to honor me. I was so blown away by it. And I told one of my children was here and I said, you watch. That young man in his life is going to be extremely blessed for his life. Not just for that one thing, but I bet you he's got a lifestyle of of being that way. Watch what God does with that man. There's no way he's not going to be blessed. No way. (laughs) And my my daughter who was here, she goes, yep. I can tell he had some, he's got some good parents. (laughs) What I want to say about that is he did that on my birthday. Now you might go, oh, that just happened to happen on your birthday, but I was thinking about it so much and I'm going, you know what? I don't think that was happenstance. I think God had that happen somehow on my birthday, somehow as a birthday present. Then I got online. I haven't liked watching tv for years i'm starting to like it now because i have this tv with a roku on it and it's got these little things anyway i can watch christian ministry every time like if i sit down for supper maybe i will sit down and watch a testimony or what what somebody preaching or something i really enjoy that so anyway i'm watching this guy's testimony and he shares he goes god loves to bless us and He said, one day my birthday was coming up and he said, God said, what do you want for your birthday? And he said, I I felt it so strong. And I thought, can I ask that? Can I do that? Is that okay? I don't even know if it's okay to tell God what I want for my birthday. That doesn't sound right. But he told God, and it was a strange request, probably one you might not ask for. Anyway, he said, Lord, I'd like to meet Joel Osteen and Joseph Prince. He said the day of his birthday, he happened to be. He, I don't remember exactly how the story of where he was, but he was somewhere in, it wasn't a hotel, it was like some kind of Christian event place or something. I think he went out back or whatever, and a car drives up, and Joel Osteen steps out of it. It's on his birthday, though. It's on his birthday. And Joel Osteen and he goes, Welcome to wherever he was. Welcome to the Hyatt. It wasn't a hotel, but. You know, just, and Joel, he just, he starts talking to him. (laughs) He goes, wow, I just, that was my prayer for my birthday. And it's my birthday. And then he said, it's amazing. The next car comes up and Joseph Prince gets out of it. He goes, I can't believe it. It's my birthday. And I get to meet him. He goes, he goes, I'm going, wow, God has a sense of humor and God loves to bless us. God loves to bless us. I heard that testimony after this happened to me, and I'm going, there's no way that was a coincidence. God did so many things. He showed me something. God was, I mean, this is sort of humbling, but God was through what that guy did. God did that to bless me that day, not just with the finances. And it was on my birthday. I think God was just making a little point. See, ha, I just decided to do that on your birthday. And I I absolutely believe God did it to bless me. And he wanted to do it on my birthday. I started thinking about, I mean, I have so many other things, but I was thinking about another kind of similar testimony. One year, my wife had changed her wedding ring. So we bought gold rings, I think together in somewhere in Mexico, 34 years ago, she changed hers to silver. And so I guess that had maybe been her Christmas present or something. I don't remember. But she'd really wanted a different ring. She'd wanted a different ring. And so finally, yes, yes, we got a different ring. And I was so happy to do that. And she loved it. And I was so, but then she wants me to get a ring. I'm like, wait, you, you know, she wants me to get silver because I've got gold now. And she's got, she's got silver. You know, so see, we were talking about that. We were talking about that. Well, one morning I come into work, which is at a church, but we had offices back then where, in that church. And a man had come in when I wasn't there and left me a gift. And uh, he left me a silver wedding ring. And is the upscale wedding ring and an upscale watch. I mean, it's like a matching watch and wedding ring, upscale style. These are things I would have never bought myself. I mean, I, mean, I, just, I just wouldn't. And I'm blown away. And I'm going, wow! This guy only come to church like probably two or three times. He brought that and left it for me that day. He didn't know I was looking for a ring or thinking, hey, I need to get a ring. He wasn't thinking about that, right? He left. I never even saw him again. I never even saw the man again. Not only that, it was my anniversary day. It was my anniversary. I go in on my wedding anniversary, and I'm going. This had to be God. You might go, well, it was circumstance. how many times have anybody ever given you a wedding ring and it's the right color if they did and it fits on your finger and it's got a nice watch with it? I mean, you're going, whoa, and it's on your anniversary. I hardly even knew the guy. Again, he'd only been in church and I just, I'm blown away and I'm going, God had to do that. God had to do that. There's no way that could have happened just by happenstance. You know, God loves To bless His people, God's going. See there, look what I did. I got you something better than you would have even bought yourself. That was the craziest thing. You know, I've had so many little testimonies like that. God gives you the desires of your heart. When I first moved to Texas, we rented a place. I wanted to buy. You know, I don't like I don't like paying rent. I'd rather buy. I was driving, and there's one neighborhood. I just go for some reason. I love that neighborhood more than any of the other ones. And in that neighborhood. There was one house on a corner. There were actually about three of the very same, very same houses. And I, that's my favorite house. I just love that house. I don't know why. I just, that's like the perfect house. That area was out of my price range. The homes like that were out of my price range. I wasn't really even looking seriously in that neighborhood. I was a young guy. I wasn't ready for that kind of whatever. But I remember saying, that's the, that's the house. I'd love to have that house. I want you to just think about this. I wonder, I decided I was going to live in Sugarland. Sugarland's big. We've driven through a lot of places. There was one neighborhood that stood out to me, and there was one house that stood out to me. I think about that. So, I'm looking for a house. I kept looking for a house, you know, in my price range. Somebody told me. They said, "Hey, you know, if you go down to the courthouse, you can go through records." and they'll tell you homes that are getting ready to get foreclosed on. Sometimes you can find one, go to the guy before he gets foreclosed on, because he's going to lose it. And once the foreclosure goes there, oh, his bills are going to be so expensive. So if they sell his house, he's going to make nothing because of all this money he's going to have to throw away. So I thought, I'm going to try it. I go to the courthouse, and there's only one house that might fit even what I'm looking for. There's only one house that even looks interesting. And guess what? It's in that little neighborhood. So I'm going, wow, that's interesting. I drive through the neighborhood. I get to that house. It's that house. It's that house. I, I want you to think about that. We've looked all over Sugarland. There's one neighborhood and there's one house that I really like. I happen to go to the Fort Bend record office because somebody recommended something, or I heard that I could do something. And that one house is the only house of interest, and it's there. Do you not, can you not see how strange that is? We go knocking the door at night. A little girl answers the door, and I say, Hey, is the owner in? She goes, No, speak English. I said, Oh, you speak Spanish? She goes, Yes, Spanish. I said, Okay. Okay, I'm doing my best, but don't don't throw rock at me. I say, great, I can speak a little Spanish. And my wife is really great at Spanish. Wait. So my wife comes and then she ends up saying, oh, the owner's in Saudi Arabia. I can't do anything. So I go back home and I'm like, man, that that looks so good. And a few days later, it was like 10 o'clock at night. We're going to go to Walmart. We do that kind of thing. That's our fun date night, right? We go to Walmart, 10 o'clock at night. I said, hey, drive through that neighborhood. We drive through the neighborhood 10 o'clock at night. Guess what? There are people outside at 10 o'clock at night digging up the plants. I said, hey, wait a second. Let me get out and talk to these people. So I get out and I talk to the guy there. He goes, oh, the owner's in Saudi Arabia. I said, well, look, I know the house is gonna get foreclosed on. Let me give you my number to give to him. I gave him the number and I I said, look, if the house gets foreclosed on, da da, 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 He's going to owe this, da, 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 da. it's on his record. Da, da, da. I'm willing to pay him what he owes on it, and it'll keep all that from happening. The guy who was digging up the plants out of the yard called me the next day and said, It's me, I'm the owner. He's not in Saudi Arabia, and I'll take you up on your offer. We ran as fast as we could because it was getting late. I mean, we went through the process as fast as possible. And before the end of the day, I barely got it done before the fore- foreclosure happened. Like if it happened an hour later, It had been foreclosed on. And I got it for what the guy owed on it. He's happy. I'm happy. And I'm going, God, only you could have done that. I mean, only you could have done that, God. And I got the house that was my desire. And I'm just going, God just blows me away how he can do things like that. I'm just blown away by it, right? And so I just give you those kind of testimonies to inspire your faith. You know, if I didn't have it in me to think God could have done that, I'd have never even looked in that direction at all. But you know what? Something's in me going, you know what? You never know what God what might do. I heard a testimony of a guy recently. He said, he said, I felt God say, tell me what you want in a house. And he said, I told him. And then I, I looked, and there was only one house in the city where I was, but that was too expensive. And he said, can you believe somebody paid for my house? Somebody bought the house for me. I know that upscales my testimony a little bit, but I'm still real happy about my testimony. I'm telling you, it's a good testimony. I hope it encourages you and that you can know God loves to bless people. He loves to bless. He loves to do things for us and we need to connect with that. I could tell so many other little stories about how God's blessed me in so many unusual ways, Uh, but I don't wanna go there. I, I do wanna go there, but I think I better stop. Anyway, let me just share a couple of Bible examples. In Genesis 12, too, when God called Abraham, he says this, follow me, and I'm going to make you a great nation and bless you. You know, he could have just said, follow me. But he, he happens to also say, and I'll bless you, and I'll make you a, good, a great nation. Did Abraham follow because he wanted the blessing? I believe that was a great motivation for him. But on the other hand, I don't think it would have been a motivation for probably anybody else in the city. Follow me and I'll bless you. I'll make you a great nation. Yeah, okay. Hey, I, I'm okay. Believe me. You, most people say that today. A lot of people do. They would rather keep going and doing what they're doing, keep doing what you know, whatever, rather than follow the Lord. Some people go, oh, you follow the Lord just because he's going to bless you. No, but you know what? I like to follow the Lord because he blesses me. I like that added benefit. And I like it when he says, if you do this, I will bless you. I like it. It's just like, what if your parents say, hey, if you take out the trash every day, I will give you a dollar and a quarter at the end of the month. I grew up a long time ago, right? You know, that's a motivating thing. It's, an, it's a nice thing. And God even does that kind of thing to help teach us good behavior. And also because he loves to bless us. He tells Abraham, Follow me, I'm going to bless you. For those that want the blessing of the Lord, there's a motivation. For those people who are not godly, there is no motivation. Some people will say, oh, you know, some people just do this because God's going to bless them. Well, praise God, I like to be blessed. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed of the Lord. That I don't follow the Lord just because he's going to bless me. Well, I guess I sort of, I could say there's a big point to that. What if I look at eternal blessings? What if I say, hey, I do follow the Lord because I know if I don't, It's not going to be good when I die. I'm going to be blessed when I die. I'm going to be blessed because when I die, I'm really not going to die. I'm just going to get out of this body and be with the Lord. And one day, I'm going to have that body come back and I'm going to have an immortal body just like Jesus. I'm going to be able to walk through a wall. I'm going to be able to disappear. That's not the big point, I know. We're going to be with the Lord forever, right? But I just want to say, even for following the Lord, how many people do it? because they know they're going to be blessed with an eternal life? Is that bad? No, that's not bad. No, that's not bad. Well, you shouldn't do that. Okay, well, all right. He told Isaac in Genesis 26, dwell in Gerar, and I'll bless you there. Now, there was a famine going on in Gerar. People were probably dying there. There's a lack of food in Gerar. And God tells Isaac, stay there, and I'll bless you. He stays there. Things get hard, but he remembers. I'd rather stay here and get God's blessing whenever it's going to come, however long I have to wait for it, than go to Egypt and just get food like that. I'd rather go through the process and get God's blessing than get the blessing that this world has to offer me. I don't know how God's going to bless me. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I believe it's going to be good, and I believe it's going to be more fulfilling than if I were to go to Egypt and do it myself. He stays. He works through the hardships. He has to dig many wells, but guess what? His blessing does come, and it says then, because he went there, because he stayed in the famine, it says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped the same year a hundredfold. A hundredfold, by the way, I forgot what multiple it is. It's not a hundred times. A hundredfold is much greater than a hundred times. So he reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. What made that happen? The blessing of the Lord. Wow, that's really powerful. And he reaped a hundredfold when? In a famine. And I won't get into the story, but it's interesting how that happened. Jabez, another Old Testament man, First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, anyway, his name Jabez means he caused pain. Because when he was born, he caused pain. Maybe he was a big baby. Maybe he had a big head. I don't know. But he caused pain, and this is what his mama said when he came out. He caused pain, which is Jabez, right? Anyway, and he prays this prayer, and he says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, keep me from bad happening, protect me. That I, And that I might not cause pain anymore, see, I believe his mom was always saying he causes pain. it happens everywhere he goes i don't know, you ever been around somebody? It looks like they do that kind of thing, and it just happens like oh don 't hang around so and so who knows they might do something and you end up in a wreck or whatever. just the same kind of thing happened to somebody over and over he's praying, he prays his prayer, God help me so that i won't cause pain anymore, and then it goes. So God granted what he requested. Now, do you take a story like this and just think, oh, that's just an interesting little side story God stuck in the Bible for us to read? Or do you think there's something for us to learn in that story? Of course, there's something for us to learn in this story. Well, let me ask you another question. Do you think the story is of God? randomly decides to bless people and look what happened to happen to this man or do you think this story is saying that or showing us this as an example saying this is the kind of thing God does to those who would who are honorable and that would pray and ask I absolutely believe this story is here, not for some, as some random, it just happened to appear in a strange place in Scripture, which it isn't just a strange place in Scripture. It's like a little excerpt that is stuck there. But God's done it with a purpose because he so wants to tell you this story to show you who he is. He's the God that loves to answer your prayers. He loves to bless you. You need to recognize he is a God that loves to bless. And how did he bless him? What was so honorable that he prayed? He prays, God, bless me. There's nothing wrong with praying, oh, God, bless me. You remember Jacob wrestled with the angel all night. Finally, in the morning, he goes, you know, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Maybe that's what the angel was waiting for. He's like, finally, okay, I'll go. I'm going to bless you, and then I'm going, right? God loves for us to want to be blessed by him. The honorable man said, God, please bless me. I hope right now underneath your breath, at least you're going, oh, God, bless me. God, I feel like praying this right now. God, bless me. And then he says, enlarge my territory. He had it in him to want to expand, to want to increase, to want to grow. I think God's made that normal, natural for any person. There's something about us where we want to do better. We want to grow. We want to to be able to be more influential. Uh, That's of the Lord. It doesn't mean you're doing that out of pride. It doesn't mean you're doing that out of a wrong attitude. You can want to increase because we've been made to increase. God even told Adam, you know, multiply, increase, take dominion. There's something wired within us for increase, for taking dominion, for expanding, right? And we should want to do that for the kingdom of God because that's how we've been wired. And then he says, let your hand be with me. Let your presence be with me. Let your power be with me. We ought to be praying that every day. Oh, God, let your favor be with me, your hand. That means when you do something, you go, wow, that turned out even better than I thought. God must have been with me on that. Oh wow, look at that project I did. How did I put that together? Wow, God must have been with me on that. You see, God brings all these things together. Keep me from evil. That's like I believe in the Lord's Prayer, right? He said, When you pray, you pray God delivers, uh, God, please deliver us from evil, deliver us from any plans of the enemy to, to, to get in our way. And he says, keep me from causing pain. You know, whatever that thing is that's been plaguing your life, maybe how you've been defined. Maybe your parents called you that. Maybe you've always had some issue you keep tripping upon. God wants to deliver you from that. He wants to free you from that. And he wants you to, be, to walk in, a, in the amazing joy of God that God can give you in life. Man, there's so many great blessings in the Word. If you look in the, the, the book of Malachi, God was talking about giving and tithing. And he says, do this and see will I not pour out a blessing from heaven now essentially their hearts had gotten away from the lord and god's saying if you do this guess what i'm going to bless you why because i love to bless you all i want you to do is line up line up and watch what i'll do in blessing he desires to, to pour out a blessing to open up heaven and pour out a blessing why because that's his heart in the new testament jesus i mean Again, I could go through so many scriptures. I had to to X out so many because I just didn't have time to go over them today. So Jesus in the New Testament, he goes, and I've said this already, but he says, if your earthly father gave you good things, how much more will your heavenly father give you good things? Can you believe Jesus said that? He spoke of sowing and reaping a whole lot. He said this, if you sow good, whatever you sow, he said, you're going to get back. Why did he keep telling us about what, what I believe is a universal principle that was in the Old Testament? People go, oh, that's Old Testament. Well, it's in the New Testament too. And Paul wrote about it too. I had a guy tell me one time, oh, sowing and re- reaping is Old Testament. Now, you know, we don't need to do that anymore. I'm going, what are you talking about? Jesus talked about it all the time. And it's, it's spoken about in the letters after Jesus was resurrected, it's talked about. But anyway, why did Jesus talk about sowing and reaping so much? Because he wanted you to be blessed and not cursed. He says, if you sow bad, he said this, if you sow bad stuff, that bad stuff is going to come back at you. I want to just make a point here a little on the side, but there's some people that, that they don't realize, they start talking bad about others, they're criticizing others, and when I see that happen, I'm going, you don't realize You've got the same thing coming back at you every time you do that. If you only realize every time you put somebody down, you're energizing a force, you're sowing, it's gonna come back at you. Once you talk behind somebody's back, guess what? You're gonna find out three people are talking back behind your back. Why? Because you've been sowing that. God says if you sow that, it's gonna come back at you, right? And guess what? If you sow good, whether it's giving to others, whether it's providing for people, God even says, "Give to the poor, and I'll pay you back." He says that in Proverbs, right? <laughs> but it's like if you do good, it comes back to you multiplied. Jesus says, "Whatever good you do, it comes back to you multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, you know, running over—a good measure." God's just saying, "Look, you why might Jesus telling us that this number one?" He doesn't want us to be cursed by doing bad things. Number two, he wants us to be blessed by doing good things. I have to just tell you this scripture in 1 Peter 1, 9. Don't return evil for evil or insult for insult. But on the contrary, you're blessing, knowing that you're called to inherit a blessing. Wait a second. One aspect of what he's saying there is don't curse people and say bad things about people, insult, but do good because you're called to inherit a blessing. In other words, he's saying you're going to reap bad if you're doing this insult thing. But that's not what you're called to reap. God's called you to, he wants you to be blessed. So do good and bless others because that's what God wants you to have. Wow, isn't that great? Jesus, you read the story about Jesus, Galatians 3. It says, in essence, Jesus became a curse or he was cursed, so that you might be blessed. That's like, again, that's one of those things when you realize what Jesus did, you go, oh God, you went through that so that I could be blessed, so that I could be blessed. It's amazing. Cursed is everybody who hangs on a tree. Anyway, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham... They come on the Gentiles. I'm telling you, that's just that's just a phenomenal thing that happened, right? What an exchange! Now, what about the bad things that happen in life? Well, bad things happen. Well, look what it says about Job. We read this last week. What does he say? We count those what? Hopefully, you just said the word at home. Blessed. We count those as blessed who persevere. What's what that saying is? The ones who go through difficult hardships and trials and difficulties, and don't give up, you look at them later and you go, oh, they're blessed. Look what's happened to them. And then and what happened with Job, of course. God multiplied after them that, after that great trial. What God do? He blessed Job. So he's like, look at this. He's an example. That's what James says. Look at Job. He's an example. We count those as blessed that go through difficult times. And some people go through difficulties, and it's look like, hey, they never got over that. Let me tell you something. God doesn't see life as just this life. He sees it as one thing. The veil between here and your eternity is like that. It's so close to us. It's like right there. Heaven's right there. I mean, it's right here. You just can see it. If you could have your eyes open for the spiritual world, you'd be surprised at how close we are to the next world. And yes, bad things happen sometimes. Why? Because they're evil people here. They're evil, but God isn't the author of all these evil things that happen. Every time something bad happens, don't go, oh, God did that. Naboth gets killed by who? Jezebel and Ahab. God was so angry about that. And that kind of thing has happened many times. When somebody gets raped, do you think God is in charge of that? When somebody gets sick, you know, and dies, do you think God's in charge of that? You think God makes all that happen? No, don't think that's God. That's not God. Now, one time, I'll just finish with this story right here. One time, when a very bad thing happened in Jesus' day. This tower fell, killed 18 people. And Jesus says, hey, everybody is talking about this. Like, it's the worst thing. And everybody's saying, hey, they must have been terrible sinners. They must have been bad because God really must have punished them terribly. Like an example for all of us.'" And Jesus said this to them, don't think that that happened to them because they're worse than anybody else. Don't think, don't think that that's why that happened. But I want to tell you something, something bad will happen to you too. You'll die and you'll perish, he says, in a similar way if you don't repent. And I just, I want to end with this thought. Jesus isn't saying that they're all going to die because of a tower falling on them. He's saying you're going to have a horrible death too, a horrible death situation when you die if you don't repent why did he say that because the bible says he doesn't desire that any man perish but all that have life he wants to bless you with eternal life he wants to bless every single person with eternal life but he can't do it if you don't repent he can't do it if you don't turn to god and give over everything to him he wants you to be saved And he tugs to you to be saved. He so wants to bless you with eternal life. But he says, if you don't repent, your end will be just like those that had that horrible death. It's going to be a horrible thing. Again, he said that because he's trying to shake anybody. That's like holding back and not wanting to give their life to the Lord. He's trying to shake you out of that. And says and he's pulling you he's tugging at you saying come on i want to bless you i did this for you i died for you because i love you i'm trying to pull you over into this decision today give me everything you're going to find out how, how freeing that is and it's what you're made to be you've been created for me you see if and i want to encourage you if you're hearing this today I believe this is the day of salvation. I believe God's already been working on your heart. Maybe you're wrestling with God. One of the strange things about life is whenever we start following God, we we discover something excuse me, when we're looking at following God, we discover something is that there's a part of us that doesn't want to do it. There's a part of us that's afraid of doing it. There's a part of us that wants to hold on. We might be miserable. We might hate our lives. We might be in a cycle we can't stand. We might be in a relationship where we, you know, we we almost want to kill ourselves, right? But we don't want to give it up. It's something that's just, it's the craziest thing in the world. But then once we do, we make that step It feels so great. And we're so thankful. And we look back later and we go, what was I thinking? I'm so glad I made that decision. Not only is it the right decision for your life, but it's the right decision for your eternity. There's no way you're going to make it to heaven without coming to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to bless you so much. That's who he is. He's the blesser. Well, Father, we want to thank you so much for your blessings, Lord. And we're just looking forward to being blessed by you. We're looking forward to you opening up doors of blessing. Just sometimes they'll just shock us what might knock at our door. what we fall into or what comes our way without us even looking for it some things just come our way god because it's just the season of blessing thank you for sowing and reaping because you've also said that if you'll do this thing these will come these blessings will come your way they will do it if you'll walk according to my principles put me first this is going to happen so father we thank you for that too and lord we thank you for our salvation which is the greatest blessing of all your presence the greatest blessing of all and father we're in it for you. We, we love you more than all of these things, God. These blessings we know are just little things, so to speak. They're precious, and they show who you are. But God, we are so into you, Lord, and we lay everything down for you, God. We, we love you, Lord. And Father, we pray for those that don't know you yet, maybe those that are listening today. God, we just pray, Lord, bring them to you, bring them to the knowledge of Christ, work in their hearts, help them, God, to lay down serving themselves, to lay down being stubborn, to lay down them doing life their way and doing their will and wanting to do what, you know, things that they want to do. Father, let them recognize that that's contrary to the way you made them, that you want to give them a relationship with you that will can start today and live for eternity and that you'll be so thankful for that, God, because you love them so much and you want to bless them not only here in this life, but with eternal life. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for being with us today. And God, I just pray a special blessing on everyone this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you next week.